Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. This week, God just laid a word on my heart, and uh, we're going to begin a new series uh, this morning. And you might think it's a bit of a random time to begin a series, isn't it? You know, next week we've got our Christmas family event, and, you know, Christmas is coming up. A bit of a strange time to start a series, but I believe it's actually the perfect time to start this series. And this series is going to continue right into the new year. And you can download the notes for this message at gatewaychurchcoming.co.uk forward slash server notes. And the title of this new series that we're going to be going through is called Jesus is King. Jesus is King. That's the new series that we're going to be going through starting this week right into 2020. And the main scripture for our series is going to be in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. This is going to be the main scripture for this series. Matthew 6 and verse 33. And I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, NLT version. And it says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. You know, if you, if you watch the news, uh, and in particular, if you keep a close eye on the entertainment industry, then I'm sure you would have come across a, a very interesting story recently over the last few months. In August of 2019, August of this year, one of the most famous music artists in the world, his name is Kanye West. Anybody know who he is? Yeah? Maybe some people know who Kanye West is, especially if you watch every celebrity, you know. Uh, and one of the most famous music artists in the world, Kanye West. He's a, an American rapper. Now that doesn't mean he raps presents and all these things. He's a, he's a rapper, he's a musician, and he's a producer. And in August of this year, he announced the launch of his, his ninth studio record, which was going to be released on the 25th of October. And this was big news because this guy, he's, he's world famous, he's, he's a global artist, he's, he's known all around the world. And, and this, uh, this album that he released, uh, it was his ninth consecutive, consecutive album. Today, it was number one in the American charts. This album came straight in at number one in the American charts. And also in many other countries. When I did a bit of research, it was quite interesting to find out some of these countries where it was number one. It was number one in Australia when it was released, in Canada, in Estonia. I didn't know they had even had music in Estonia. Iceland, Latvia. New Zealand and Norway. So you can see even in the most random places, this guy is famous. And he came in as number one in the charts. And he was in the top five in the charts uh, in many other countries, including here in the UK. And this album was created headlines. But the reason this album was created in headlines was not because, not just because it was Kanye West releasing a new album. And I don't think it was because the music was particularly good anyway in my mind. Well, it didn't, you know, it's not that great in that, in that sort of sense. I don't know, maybe you're big into rapping and all this, but, but I'm not in particular. But this music was making headlines, not because of the, of the music, but because who was releasing it. It was actually making headlines because of the message of the album and the title of the album. And the title of the album was Jesus is King. I think that's quite incredible that probably one of the most famous musicians in the world releases an album called Jesus is King. That's quite controversial. And it got quite, there was quite a bit of controversy about the, the name and the title of this album. 
Now, I did a bit of research uh, and I found out that when Kanye West actually began writing this album and had the idea for this album, it actually had a different title to Jesus is King. It didn't have this title. And it was going to be a follow-on from his previous albums. Uh, I'm not sure many of his other previous albums. I know some of his songs, but not so much his albums. But this new album is going to be a follow-on from his previous album. But between August of 2018, when he said he was going to do a new album, to August 2019, somewhere in between that, Kanye West heard the gospel and he became a born-again Christian. He surrendered his life to Jesus. One of the most popular music musicians in the world came to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And as a result of that, he changed the title of his album, which was a big thing to do, a daring thing to do, to Jesus is King. And if you listen to the album, if you're interested, maybe some of you might do that, you might get on Spotify or on YouTube, written on or Apple Music. If you listen to the songs on the album, it's really interesting. They're they gospel songs, they're American sort of gospel songs. But, but it, the songs are a mix between worship songs, there's songs between uh, uh, about what God has done in Kanye's life and the message of the gospel. I think that's absolutely incredible that, that this message, the message of Jesus, is going out to millions, well, billions of people across the world. I know it's quite interesting, it's, quite, it's incredible, isn't it, that, that God loves the whosoever. I know so often we think God saves the, the everyday people, doesn't he? You know, he saves the lost, he saves those, the downcast, the, the nobodies in society. But know that God has come for the rich and the famous as well. God has come to save all people. And I thank God for that. And now, because of this, people all over the world are hearing this message that Jesus is King. And especially the younger generation, they're hearing this message that Jesus is King. However, this news, this message that Jesus is King, it didn't originate with Kanye West. Kanye West didn't just come up with this idea, Jesus is King, I'm going to be the first one, I'm going to be innovative and release this, Jesus is King. I'm going to be the first one to tell the world that Jesus is King. Actually, this message that Jesus is King has been declared for thousands and thousands of generations. It's a message that has been declared since the foundation of this earth, that Jesus is King. And this message that Jesus is King is the message of the Bible. It's the message of this book. It's the message that we as believers believe. And there's a book in the Bible with this, uh, that focuses in particular on this theme, that Jesus is King. Now right away from the Bible we see this, it, is, uh, it, it tells us that God is King, that He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. But there's one book in particular that focuses on this fact, this theme, that Jesus is King. And that book is the book of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew. The theme of the Gospel of Matthew is that Jesus is King. So starting today, and continuing right away into the new year, we're going to go through the book of Matthew together. We're going to get into the Gospel of Matthew together. You know, I've done different series on different topics and different themes, but I really felt led by the Lord. Just let's get back into the book of the Bible. Let's go through a book of the Bible together as a church. And in particular with this theme that God's laid on my heart, the book, the Gospel of Matthew, just this theme is just poured out everywhere. Matthew wants everybody to know that Jesus is King. So this message, Jesus is King, if you never originate with Kanye West, is something that Matthew wrote about many, many years ago. 
And so this morning, I just wanted to give us a bit of a background to this book, a bit of a background to Matthew, so we understand who Matthew is. And then once we've, we've understood a bit of the background of this book and who Matthew is, then we'll be able to learn and discover all that Matthew wanted to speak to us, the intentions of this book and, and how Jesus is actually king overall, how he is the true king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now if you've read the Bible, and in particular the Old Testament, you'll see time and time again in the Old Testament, the kings came and kings went. Kings were, were risen up and then the kings, as quickly as they came about, they were gone. And with each successive king, the hope of God's people began to fade. Every time there was a new king, the, people's, the people of God's hope began to fade. Because Israel, who were God's chosen people, they longed for the promised king. There was a, a, a promise that one day there will be a king who will rule over all. Who will rule over Israel, but who will rule over all. And Israel were desperate for this king. They longed for the promised king. They didn't just want any king to come. They longed for that promised king who would come once and for all. And this promised king would be a king who would bring about God's peace and God's deliverance for the people of God. He'd bring about deliverance and God's peace. So no wonder the people of God were like, we want peace. We want deliverance. We want victory. We don't want to keep fighting. We don't want to keep struggling. We want peace. We want a promised king. We don't want just any king. We want that peace. I know that from generation to generation, time and time again, as a king came, they witnessed with their own eyes the failure of even the best of kings. Kings would rise and they would fail, they'd mess up, and that became the end of the night. They've seen it time and time again, even with Saul, King Saul, David, all these different kings, they've seen them rise and then they've seen them fail. Not only that, not only did the, the people of God see this happening within their lives, they've seen the demise of their nation. They're time and time again, they've been struggling, they've been worse and worse, and far off from God, and things have happened, and they, they just, the nation uh, went into a demise. And, and as a result of all that, they saw that they entered, actually God's people entered into captivity. They were put into exile because of their sin and their disobedience. I know even though the prophets spoke that one day, God would prove faithful and provide a king. We see actually from the prophet Malachi, there was a 400 year gap from where the prophet Malachi spoke about this coming king to actually when the king of kings turned up. There was a 400 year gap. And the hope just diminished between the people. And if you read between, if you see in your Bibles, there's a, there's a page in my Bible between the Old Testament and the New Testament. But actually there's a 400 year silence where God doesn't speak. So you can imagine generation after generation, there's this promise that this king is going to come. But now God doesn't speak. God isn't around anymore. Where is God? Now fast forward a little bit now. 20 or 30 years after Jesus had descended into heaven, there was a Jewish disciple, and his name was Matthew. And he was inspired by the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of God. He was inspired to write a book. And that's the book that we are going to get into today. And the finished product is the Gospel of Matthew. That's the Gospel. This is the book. But we need to find out who was Matthew. We need to find out a bit about his background before we can dive into to his book and what he wants to say. Well, actually, the, the Bible is, and in particular the New Testament, is quite quiet on Matthew's life. It doesn't give us an, all, uh, an awful lot of details about who Matthew was, apart from in Matthew chapter 9. 
and verse 9 to 17. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9 to 17. It gives us a little bit about who Matthew was. And it says this, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of the scripture. I want you to show mercy and not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. And he goes on, Jesus goes on and talks about, uh, has a discussion about fasting. But we see here, this is the first account of who Matthew was. And this story of Matthew, and we see in Matthew's life, it was an incredible example of the grace of God. Matthew's life is a testimony of the grace of God. Now Matthew, he had a previous name before that. His own name was Levi. And he was, the, the Bible tells us, he was the son of a guy called Alphaeus. And Matthew, Matthew means the gift of God. That's the meaning of his name, gift of God. And apparently he was given this name to celebrate his conversion, to celebrate his new faith in Jesus. It was to celebrate that. Uh, and he, gave his new, he was given this name to celebrate his call to be a disciple. Now the Bible tells us here in Matthew chapter 9 that his job, Matthew, he was a tax collector. And that was a pretty tough job during that time. It's a tough job today, but, but back in that time, in that society, it was a pretty tough job. Tax collectors, they were hated by people. They were hated by the people in that society, and in particular, the Jews. Tax, collector, tax collectors were hated by those in the Jewish community. And the reason tax collectors were hated was because tax collectors, they, they sold themselves to work for the Romans and to work for the government. They gave themselves to the Romans so they could work for the government. And each tax collector, they purchased from Rome the right to gather taxes. And the, the, uh, the more money that they gathered, the more they could keep. So it's no wonder these people were, were hated. They, they gave up their Jewish rights. They sold themselves to the Roman Empire to, be, to work for Rome, to work for the government. And they bought these rights to, to get people's taxes. And however much tax they had, they could keep it for themselves. The more they had, the more they could keep for themselves. And, and within the Jewish community, tax collectors were considered thieves as well as traitors. Not only were they trying to rob people, but they were traitors as well. And it's quite interesting, even Jesus classified the tax collectors as sinners. Jesus classified them as sinners. But what we do know, even throughout the gospel, is that Jesus is a friend of sinners. Just because they were classified in this way doesn't mean that he was going to leave them this way. Or, you know, they, they didn't have any hope. Jesus, our Savior, is a friend of sinners. He doesn't disassociate himself from people who've got their lives messed up or things wrong in their life. He comes running towards us. That is our God. And Matthew, we see here in, in, in Matthew chapter 9, that one day Jesus comes across Matthew, Matthew comes across Jesus, and 
And we don't know what happened. It doesn't give much dialect here. But, but Jesus calls Matthew. And Matthew gives up everything. And he follows Jesus. Matthew opens up his heart to Jesus. And he becomes a new person. And he becomes a follower of Jesus. He leaves his job. He leaves everything behind. And he becomes a follower of Jesus. Now you've got to understand. This wasn't an easy thing for Matthew to do. It wasn't an easy decision for him to make. You know, as I said, it doesn't give much about the conversation that Matthew must have had with Jesus. All we know is that Jesus said, you know, come and follow me. And Matthew gives up everything and follows Jesus. But we don't know much about what else happens. But what we can uh, establish from this is that must have been a hard decision to make. Matthew never, he never met Jesus before this. But now he was going to give up everything to follow this guy who just comes onto the scene. Who was this Jesus that made Matthew give up all to follow him? As I said, it, must be, it was probably a, an extremely difficult decision for him to make. Now Matthew, he was from a place called Capernaum. And Capernaum, the Bible tells us, had rejected Jesus. This whole, this whole place had rejected Jesus. It also tells us that because Matthew was a tax collector, Matthew, he would have been a well-known businessman in his city. Uh, when he decided to give up all and follow Jesus, I'm sure he would have faced persecution from his friends. You know, what are you doing, Matthew? You've never met this guy before. And now you're leaving your job. You're leaving all this, this money you can have. You're leaving it all to follow this guy. This guy who doesn't even have a house. You're following him. You're going to give it up all, all to follow him. So I'm sure he would have been persecuted and made fun of for surrendering all and following Jesus. And we can see also that this was, it must have been a hard decision for Matthew because being a tax collector, he would have grabbed a lot, he would have had a lot of money, he would have earned a lot of money from that. But we see that Matthew was willing to give up all his income, all his money to follow Jesus. You know, maybe you come here today and maybe you can relate to Matthew in one of these ways. Maybe you come here and You've got a bit of a bad reputation because of maybe something you've done in the past. Maybe, you know, maybe it's something that you, your family has done or who your family are. Maybe you've got came here and you've got a bad reputation. Know that our God is in the business of changing lives. God is still in the business of changing lives. We see in the story of Matthew here that Jesus changed Matthew. He was a tax collector. He had a terrible reputation. He was known as a sinner. But that didn't stop our God. Our God went running towards him and he said, come follow me. Jesus changed. He saved and he changed Matthew's life. I know this morning that God can save and change you today. No matter who you are, doesn't matter about your background, Jesus can change your life. He can transform any life. That is the power of our God. That is the incredible grace and the love of our God. He saved Matthew. He can save and change you. You know on our website we've got a headline there, Gateway Church, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. You know, we as a church, we believe that anyone can be transformed by our God. Jesus changes lives. And he is still in the business of changes lives. So Matthew, he had his life transformed by Jesus. But as I said, maybe you can relate like that to Matthew. That, yeah, you've got this bad reputation. Know that Jesus can change your life. Maybe you've come here today and you've accepted Jesus. But it's been tough for you. Maybe you've been persecuted because of your faith in Maybe you may ridicule because of your faith. Maybe you're embarrassed to share about that you're a follower of Jesus in the workplace. You know, the workplace is getting even more and more difficult to share about Jesus, to share about our faith. 
is getting a hard place. The world is hard. Even in families, it can be so hard to tell either we get, because of fear that we get mocked, that we get ridiculed, that we might lose our job and all these things. Know this moment that if you are being persecuted or you have or you're being ridiculed, know that you're in good company. You aren't the only one to have gone through this. Even our Savior is ridiculed and mocked on the cross. People spat to him. People mocked him, the Bible said. He was stripped naked and beaten and put up on that cross. Know this morning that you're in good company. The Bible tells us there's a reward for those who are persecuted and who hold on to their faith. There is a reward that is coming. But I also want to encourage you this morning. If you are being persecuted for your faith, if you're being ridiculed for your faith, I want to encourage you today. Don't just run away or just don't turn away from those who are persecuting you. The Bible tells us that we need to pray for those who persecute us. Jesus said to love not just our friends and those who are against us, love your enemies. And you know, this world needs to see that a people who are willing to still pray and still love for those who are totally against them, who are mocking them, who ridicule them, who instead of running away, Instead of complaining, I want to encourage you, maybe you've got something in your life and they're just mocking you constantly. I want to encourage you to pray for them. Pray that God will change their life. Pray not only that God will give you relief, but pray that God will transform their lives. That God will save them and they see the goodness of God. Pray for them. And we see this in, in Matthew's life. I'm sure these guys would have ridiculed him because he gave up all to follow Jesus. But we see a little later on in, in Matthew chapter 9. That he then invites all these tax collectors to come over his house. These people who were probably mocking him. He says, alright, okay, come over to my house. Come and have a meal with me and Jesus. I'm going to invite Jesus along. I'm going to ask him questions. Come along. I think that's absolutely incredible. He doesn't reject them or run away from them or turn away. He invites those who are pushing him away. He invites his enemies to come and see Jesus. I know these tax collectors. It doesn't say that these tax collectors accepted Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. But what it does say is that Jesus gave an opportunity for them to know who He was, to put their trust in Him. Jesus explains clearly to them that He came to save, not those who think they got it all together, but He came for the sick, the poor. He came to save sinners. You know, as I said, don't just run away from those who are persecuted. Pray for them. Pray for opportunities to bring them close to Jesus, just as Matthew did here. Know this morning that you're in good like I said, maybe you've come here this morning and you can relate to Matthew in those two ways or, or maybe in this other way. We see that Matthew, he gave his all up. He gave all up to follow Jesus. He laid it all down. He gave up his job. You know, he doesn't say if he had a house or whatever, or family. He gave it all up to follow Jesus. And maybe you've come here today and you believe in Jesus, you follow Jesus, but you're afraid to go along with Jesus. You're afraid just to, you know, you, Jesus, you can have this part of my life, you can have my Sundays, you know, you can have my devotional times in the morning, but God, I don't want to give you the Savior of my life. I don't want to put my, my job in your hands, or I don't want to put my loved one in your hands. You know, I'm going to try and work this out. I, you know, this is mine, this is my area. You know, so often in our life, we can compartmentalize where God is allowed access to. But we see with Matthew, this guy, he just says, Jesus has come follow me. He walks away from everything that goes to Jesus. And he doesn't even look back. He gives up all to follow Jesus. You know, that, that even recently, you know, that was a big thing for me to do. 
You know, I was working in the primary school up in Town Church, and, and you know, I believe God had placed me there. But you know, in the, in the beginning of this year, in January and February of this year, I felt that pull to go full time into ministry. And there was that struggle because of security. You know, they, you know, I've got a, a solid job here. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that you know it's not secure here or anything like that. But there was that fear. You know, I just thought to myself, and as I was, you know, even as a prayer, I said, God, you give it all up for me. God, I'm willing to give it all up for you. I want to follow you all and embrace all that you have for me. I want to step into all that you have for my life. And so I'm just going to give it up and I'm going to go into what you were leading me to do. And I'm not saying that it's not scary or just, you know, to do something like that or to jump all in. But I want to encourage you today. God is so worth it. God is worth it all because He gave it all for you. And so I want to encourage you this morning. Don't be afraid to give up. You know, don't, don't hold bits back. Go in for Jesus. You know, maybe for some of you this morning, I'm not going to say that that, that means all of you have got to give up your jobs and you've got to work in church for a time. I'm not saying that at all. But maybe for some of you this morning, maybe it's stop giving Jesus just your Sunday and give Him every day of the week. Maybe you're saying, God, I'm going to live for you on a Monday in my workplace. I'm going to live for you today on Tuesday. I'm going to live for you in front of my family. Maybe it's about stepping out and sharing about Jesus with, with those who don't know Him. But I want to encourage you today. Like Matthew, Matthew gave us all. He gave it up all up to follow Jesus. I know there must have been something in that encounter with Jesus that made Matthew realize, Jesus, you are worth it all. And I want to say this morning, that when you see Jesus, when you know Jesus, you'll discover as well, you are worth it all. I know I really believe that even this place would look totally different if every single one of us decided we're going to go all out for Jesus. We're going to give our all. You're not just going to come and you're not just going to sit on a Sunday and just take it all in and get fed week in, week out. I'm going to give my all. I'm going to serve in this ministry. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to invite people to come along with you. This place will be totally different. I believe that with all my heart. And you know this challenge comes to me first. I can point the finger at you and say, you've got to do it. God point his finger and he said, look, you start to be my friend. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. I want to encourage you this morning. Go all out for Jesus. Matthew, you give up his all to serve Jesus and to live for Jesus. And I, it's just this line that God dropped on my heart. Stop looking at what you lose and see who you gain. Stop looking at what you lose and see who you gain. Jesus is worth it all. He's worth it all. Nothing in this world will ever compare to Jesus. It doesn't matter about house, money, cars, clothes, friends, relationships. Nothing in this world compares to Jesus. Nothing in this world compares to him. So stop looking this morning at what you lose and see who you gain. And then once you find him, when you give it all to Jesus, you'll see Jesus said, I have come to give life and life more than you You know, Jesus is all that we need this morning. So give it all up for him. And Matthew, he gave us all up to follow Jesus. And we see later on in Matthew's life that after Jesus had descended into heaven, that, that Matthew continued ministering in Palestine and, uh, and he continued to, to make missionary journeys. Matthew's heart was just to make Jesus known. He had encountered Jesus and his heart was, I'm going to make him known. I'm going to go all up for him, even after Jesus has descended and gone into heaven. And he's still going to go and tell people about this Jesus. And I still go tell them about him, about Jesus. 
So as we come in the conclusion, so that's a little bit about who Matthew was. But why did Matthew write this book? Very quickly, why did Matthew write this book? Well, I believe he wrote this book because Matthew's life was transformed by Jesus. He gave his life to serve Jesus. And he wrote this book so that you and I could also encounter Jesus and see what it means to follow Jesus and to know him and have this relationship with him. Why did Matthew write this book? So that people could see Jesus. It's as simple as that. So people could see Jesus. You know what's really interesting? Nowhere in all of the four Gospels do we see, do we find a single recorded word that Matthew spoke. Nowhere in the Gospels will you ever read about Matthew saying something. You don't hear about what Matthew says. But yet what Matthew does in his Gospel is that he's not interested in telling us his opinion on things or what his life is. All Matthew wants to do is tell you about who Jesus is and what Jesus said and his words. And I love that about Matthew's Gospel. It's nothing about Matthew. It's all about Jesus. See who Jesus is and as it says there, even in the opening verse of Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, listen, it says, This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and Abraham. You know, if, in case you get confused about this, he wants you to remember, I'm starting off, I'm going to hit it off by just telling you, this is all about Jesus. This is his past, this is his life, this is all about Jesus. It's not about Matthew, this is about Jesus. And that's what Matthew wants to get across. I know what Matthew's gospel proclaims. Matthew declares, as we discover over the years to come, is that this Jesus, Jesus is the long-awaited King of Kings. That Jesus is the promised King that Israel and the people of God have been longing for. He's not just any King, he's the King of Kings. Matthew wants to show us that where other kings have failed, Jesus is going to succeed. Wherever the kings have got it all wrong, Jesus is going to come through. Jesus is the long-anticipated king. And he's not just an earthly king. He is the king of kings and the lord of lords. The king who was promised before the earth was created. And the king who will reign forever and ever. This is Jesus the king. And that's what Matthew wants to get across. And Matthew declares to us as readers that this king has made a way possible that we can belong to Him, that we can have a relationship with Him, and we can enter into His kingdom. We can be a part of His kingdom. We can be ambassadors for this King, and sharing about this King. And you know the incredible thing is, Matthew wasn't just writing to the Jewish people. He was writing to all Jews and Gentiles, that every single person in this world, in the past and to, to come, Every single person can find forgiveness, can find peace, can find purpose, and can find eternal life in Jesus. And so the message of this Gospel of Matthew is Jesus is King. And over the next couple of weeks we're going to discover that this King who came to this world was born in a major. We're going to discover that King, not next Sunday, because next Sunday we've got our family event for the week after. We're going to look at the birth of this King. So I'm excited to get into this series, and like I said, if you forget it, if you forget everything else this morning, no, Jesus is King. That's what we're talking about. Jesus is King. He's the King of Kings. I'm really going to make sure we pray. 
Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe. And check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.